It is who you marry. And the reason that I think this is one of the most important decisions you make in your life. Welcome to the game where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer, and how to keep them longer, and the many failures and lessons we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. The single most important decision that you have in increasing your net worth, you guys know what it is? It is not the business that you start. It is not uh, the industry even that you are in. That's important. It is not the market you serve. It is not your pricing. It is not your legion strategy. It is one thing. It is who you marry. And the reason that I think this is one of the most important decisions you make in your life is because that person will either be constantly uh, grading at you or that person will be supporting you. And I think the vast majority of marriages either fall in the grading category or the neutral category. And so the number one question that I get related to this is how do I get my wife, and this is more for the fellas, um, but for ladies, just reverse the genders. Um, how do I get my wife to be like Layla? How do I get her to like business? And the simple answer is you don't because you don't change who you marry, right? You're not, they're not going to change, right? And so what I wanted to do is kind of explain to you how this came to be for us. And I think that we have a lot of counterintuitive or contrarian views on marriage and love. Um, and, uh, I think that we have a very, very good marriage. Um, and it has worked really well. And so I'll share some of the things that have been different for us than most people. So when I met Layla, um, we actually went on a date uh, and it was a 15 minute date because I tried to get her to do uh, Froyo because I said it was low commitment and if either of us was weird, we could dip out really quickly. And so she agreed. Um, and so we went to Froyo and, uh, and you know, within a little bit, we, we hit it off, but not in the way that you would normally expect. Like there was not any, there was really no romantic anything. There was no chemistry. I wasn't like, man, I think this girl's amazing. I was just like very interested in her. Um, and I thought she was smart and I thought she liked the same stuff as me. So I was like, this is cool. Like she's interesting. Um, and so, uh, we ended up walking and talking for like four hours, but we didn't have any like romantic chemistry at all. And even like on our second or third date, Layla was like, I don't really get any vibes from you like romantically at all. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, but over time, obviously, uh, we worked on that. But in that first couple dates, uh, she was in fitness and she was like one of the top salesmen at 24 hour fitness at the time. And I had a, and I, and I was in fitness too. And I had a, you know, a few gyms at the time. And so I said, gosh, you got to stop working for them. You should work for me. Cause I knew if someone could sell, I knew we could make a lot of money together. And so I pitched her on the idea of quitting her job and coming to work for me, which of course she said no, because she had just met me from the internet. Um, but, but anyways, uh, I, I did end up saying, Hey, I'm going to do this thing called gym launch. And she was like, okay, I don't care. I just met you. And I was like, it's going to be, it's going to be something. And so I went and, um, I flew and did the first three gym launches. This is when we used to fly out and I did like gym turnarounds and we did, I did three of those and I came back and she picked from the airport. We talked on the phone every night. Um, and, uh, she was, and I had not taken her on a date up to this point. So now it's been like two or three months at this point that we'd been quote dating. I hadn't actually taken her out anywhere. It was always like, Hey, if you just want to like hang out with me, I'm going to be working all day. And it was, that was kind of like, we spent every day together, but it was just like, I just enjoyed being around each other. And so anywho, we, uh, we did this, right? Uh, we, I came back, she picks me up at the airport and she was like, you better take me on a date. And I was like, okay, okay. One thing first right? Uh, you got to help me process these contracts. And she was like, ah, oh, fine. And so, uh, we went, I poured us both a drink and I taught her how to process the contracts. 
And then within an hour, we had processed $100,000 in sales. And she looked at me and she was like, what do you do again? And I was like, ah, now you're interested. And, um, and she was like, is it legal? I was like, yeah, it's legal. And she was like, okay, I'm in. And so she, at that point, she actually left her, her roster of personal training clients um, and joined me um, in launching the gyms. And so we very much started our relationship in business together and then learned uh, the love and romance side. I think the business side, I think she said this too, it became natural to both of us. We, we naturally worked well together. And I think there's no coincidence that my business has exploded once I met Layla because she really was the yin to my yang when it came to everything that we had to do. And this is important for anybody who has a partner in business. The, the thing that got us from four or $500,000 a month to making millions a month was understanding the division of roles. And so I, you know, she was really naturally good at sales. Um, and so was I. And so we were both kind of like just, you know, tag teaming. And that was cool in the beginning because everyone was kind of doing everything. But at some point we needed to divide up responsibilities. And so we went to a mentor. We drew everything on the board of what we needed to do. And uh, there's this huge thing of just tasks and activities that we we're doing every single day, every single week. And so he took this big marker and he drew the, a lot, you know, a big circle around like 80% of it. And he was like, all right, all this goes to Layla and the stuff that was just marketing sales and product. He was like, this is Alex's. And I was like, oh, this is a great deal. Right. And the thing is, is that Layla being as growth oriented as she is, basically, I remember because she kept telling herself, she was like, I'm not going to be the reason this business fails. And so she just learned all of this stuff. Right. And, um, I mean, I think that's one of the big reasons that, that we were able to massively explode after that because we had an amazing operator um, who could basically fulfill on the promises and, and, and handle the, the flow that I could generate. And so we started working together and then it became kind of weird because, you know, the business was growing really quickly and some of the employees were like, so you guys are just like dating? We're like, yeah. And they were like, they started to get worried because like, what if you guys break up? You know, and we were like, oh, if we broke up, we'd still do the business together. Um, but it got to a point where I was like, you know, this is, this is getting to, we need to make a decision about this relationship. And so I actually came to Layla and I had a true proposition. All right. Like a proposal in the, in the truest sense of the word. And so I said, what do you, what would you say, um, if we got married? And I was like, I think it makes a lot of sense. And she was like, I mean, I, I would say yes. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, here's my reasoning. And so I <laughs> broke down the reasoning. I was like, we're both young. I was like, we're both have Persian backgrounds. We're both, so we have the same cultural things. Like we get that, that side of ourselves. We both like fitness. You like business. We work together. All right. I was like, I feel like this, this makes sense. Like we should do this. And so she agreed. And so we went, we got in the car and we went and uh, I was like, I guess we got to get you a ring. And so we got in the car, got her a ring, came back 45 minutes later. It was like, well, shoot, I guess we got to get a church thing organized. And so we called up a pastor and I was like, you free Wednesday night? And he was like, yeah. And I think it was like a Sunday. Um, and he was like, are you sure? Like, this is fast. And we we're like, yeah, we're sure. So we went to the back of the church and got married uh, that Wednesday night. So we were engaged for like less than a week. And um, that was it. We actually told our parents after uh, we got married. So no one knew. Uh, we just, we got married and then told everyone afterwards. And um, it was, it was pretty cool. And it's been interesting though, because our, the business always came easy and the romance and the relationship was the part that we had to work at, um, the love side of the relationship, because we just, we mesh so naturally on the business side. And so I, I say this to say, 
for everyone who continues to ask the question, how do I make my wife like Layla? I think that you're not going to do that. Um, I think Layla is Layla, right? And I think that your wife is your wife or your partner is your partner, right? And so you have to figure out what that yin and yang relationship is going to be. And if that person is not in the business, um, it is Layla and I, it's both of our beliefs that there are really only two roles that that person can play in your life. They can either be, and I, I got this from Gary Vee, but I 100% agree with it. Um, you, they can either be a cheerleader or they can be a fullback, all right? So the cheerleader is the person who's on the sideline, who's cheering you on to win the game, right? Because at the end of the day, the cheerleader who actually wants the team to win would never ask the quarterback to come uh, out of the game when the game is on the line, all right? And you know the difference because if when the game is on the line, that cheerleader is asking you to throw in the towel, asking you to, to hang your locker, you know, put stuff up in the locker room and leave the game with, that per with them, then that's not a cheerleader. That's neither. Right. And that's my point is that if they're not doing one of these two things, they are detracting from what you ultimately want to do. And there's nothing wrong with a spouse who's not in the business. That's totally fine. And it's a decision and that's OK. Right. But you still need to be supportive. All right. So the question, are you going to be supportive in that? You are covering the other aspects of your lives together. And the role that that cheerleader plays is that when you are not at work, it helps you detach from work. So you gain distance, gain perspective, can realize that there are other things that are important in life, which ultimately will actually make you a better business person. Because if business is the only thing you have, right, then all of your chips are always on it, which makes you more emotional and erratic and makes you make worse decisions. So if you realize it gives you context and perspective, which is why whenever you have a death of someone who's close to you, the gift of that death is the perspective that it gives us, right? And so that is the role that that cheerleader has is they give you perspective and context to the importance or relative importance of business in your life, right? But they are supportive because they understand that it is for the team, right? The other role is the role is the dynamic that Layla and I have, which is the fullback uh, role, which is that one person is block, uh, blocking while the other person carries the ball down the, down the field. And we're rotating, right? One person blocks, the other person carries. One person blocks, one person carries. And that has been the role um, that we have had, is that we're both on the field together. And so um, each of those has different, um, different pros and cons, right? Uh, and we, we, were, we were big believers uh, or big followers of Esther Perel, who's a, who's a relationship expert. And I think this was such a, I'm going to share this with you because I think it's so valuable. As Americans or many of us in the Western world, we want to solve problems. When in reality, many times there are dichotomies that must be managed but cannot be solved. I'll give you a business example. How do you solve micromanaging versus uh, you know, abdication or delegation, right? How do, you, how do you solve that? You don't solve it. It is a dichotomy that must be managed. And relationships, as we see them, have the same dichotomy between closeness and familiarity and distance and intrigue, all right? And so what happens is in the beginning of most relationships, because you are so distant and you have some similarities, if you take some steps towards closeness, the relationship improves, right? You get to know the person better, you start to trust them more, and you're like, this is awesome. But what happens is that if you continue down that path, you become brother and sister, and you just become roommates because you live together, you're so familiar, there's no variety, and there's no mystery, there's no intrigue, right? And believe me, as Layla and I, we work together, we live together we're in the same house, we work out at the same gym, like we spend all of our time. So what we have to do is we actively create space. And so I think what's important is to figure out where you are on this dichotomy and figure out what action or where you need to lean towards in your tendencies in the relationship to find the middle ground. And obviously it's going to sway. It's like a pendulum, but you try and keep it in the middle. And so for us, like I said, because we're in business together, we actually have to actively create space. So we have different offices. They're on opposite sides of the house. We try not 
be on the same meetings and things like that. Because at the end of the day, if I want to say, hey, what'd you do today? Actually, don't answer. I was on every meeting with you. There's no space. Everything is familiar and familiarity, though comforting, is not attractive. All right. And so, which is why, you know, like it's like joke. The joke is like it's like a brother or sister, right? Like you live together, but like it's like, ugh, right? Because you're so familiar, right? You know everything about that person. Now, the flip side is a complete stranger. There's all the mystery, but there's no trust, right? And so to have the long-term relationship, it is our belief that you have to manage both of those things. And so the flip side is a lot of people get married, right? And one person works and one person doesn't work and that's okay. But what happens is they start to grow apart. And because they're not sharing the same reality, they grow further and further apart until the person feels like a stranger to them right? And you've probably heard that from people, right? And so if you're in one of those relationships, then the goal should always be how can we share our experience? How can we create a shared reality? How can we grow together and make sure we are growing in the same direction? Because the entrepreneurial stimulus that you're going to get from business is going to change you. It is going to force you to adapt and by extension grow. And the stimulus that your partner is going through is going to force them to adapt and grow. And the goal is how can we align that growth so it's in the same direction so that we look at each other 15 years from now, we don't think, who did I marry, right? And the person, you might have changed and so might have they. But I think that in order to maintain the relationship, it's maintaining the, the middle ground of that dichotomy. And so for us, um, our process around this is, uh, is we always create space to be missed. Um, and I think that some of you who have maybe had a spouse or somebody who, who you spent a lot of time with, if you actually go travel somewhere and then come back, it's almost like your relationship, in my opinion, I feel like my experience has been, it's been better. Um, and so it's like, you're like, miss the person. And I think that we need to create more space to be missed, especially if you work with your spouse. And so, um, for us, the relationship has been very much a love logically format. Um, we both share the belief that you can create love through actions. And so we did not have the romantic love. We learned it. We actually... I, you know, I, I would not say that I was in love with Layla when we got married. Real talk. I was not in love with Layla when we got married. I loved her as a person. Um, and I thought that the decision made sense, but we were not in love. And it took us, I would say it took us until, I'd say it took us until 2020. Uh, December of 2019, we kind of came to a head and we both said that we didn't want to keep living our lives this way. So we had, you know, we'd, we were just making, I mean, a lot of money. Um, and we still do, but like, it, it, the, our lives are very different now, right? And it was all because the the money that we made for both of us was out of scarcity and lack, right? We were so fear driven that we were going to lose the thing that we made. And so, just so you know, as you're as you're building your business, in the beginning, you fear being poor. As you kind of transition in the middle, you fear losing the status that the the money has gotten you, right? And so the fears change over time. Um, but anyways, we'd gotten to this point, and I think we had made. $30 million in profit in the last 24 months. Um, and we both were like, I don't want to keep living this way. And so that was when we decided going into 2020 that we were going to like prioritize our marriage. And so what's interesting is that in 2020, despite the fact that our businesses got hit because of COVID and whatnot, and we have a lot of um, uh, brick and mortar uh, based businesses. Uh, our marriage probably like tripled that year in terms of how much better it is now etc. And it was because we actively spent a lot of time um, making sure that there was no space between us from a, from a, not in the way that I meant earlier, but that there were not things between us. I think she uses the, the couch metaphor that like whatever sits between you on the couch that you got to make sure there's nothing there. And so I think that there were some things that 
I, you know, I had held on to that I had resented. And I think there were some things that she had done too, or whatever. I mean, minor stuff, but stuff that grows. And I think even the fact that we were unhappy um, in working and making as much money as we were was gro- was grating at both of us because we, we both saw each other working so hard. We were like, well, I don't want to be the one who's not working hard. And so we both felt like we'd be letting the other person down. And so I think we we're even saying, hey, I'm not really happy with how life is going for us was actually really valuable because then it was like, oh, you feel that way too? I feel that way. And then all of a sudden it was like this whole thing diffused and it was this big fear that we had that if we voiced that we weren't happy with how something was going, the other person would be like, well, I am happy, right? And um, that wasn't the case at all. And so by even just admitting that we had a shared reality, it allowed us uh, to move forward with a, with a, a, a perspective of like truth and integrity first. And so not integrity in terms of lying, but truth and radical candor about about where we were at emotionally in the moment. And we've, we really tried to keep that and it's been, it's served us very well. And so if you have a spouse uh, who's in your business, I think figuring out whether the person is a cheerleader or a fullback is an important step, right? And then adjusting whether you're trying to get closer or trying to get farther away from that person uh, and create space if you need it or create closeness if you need it to manage that dichotomy uh, is important. And then finally, uh, understanding that at least for us, love was something that we were able to create rather than something that we got had to marry for. And so we married for logic, we married for business reasons, and I honestly, it was one of the best decisions, if not the best decision business-wise that I have ever made in my entire life. And so um, if you are in that situation, then those are just a handful of perspectives. I'll share more um, as more come to me, uh, but I thought that it would be valuable since a lot of people continue to ask me about what is the working dynamic like between Layla and I. Um, and hopefully this video does a little bit uh, to, to put some context to it. So Mosey Nation, I love you. As always, I have nothing to sell you. Uh, my, name's Acqu- <laughs> my name's Acquisition.com. My name's Alex Ramosi on Acquisition.com. We do $85 million a year. Like I said, I have nothing to sell you. If you enjoyed this, hit the subscribe button and I will see you guys in the next video. Keep being awesome. 